episode 23, chapter 1 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Christine Sign is the founder and facilitator for Godspace, which grew out of her passion for creative spirituality, gardening, and sustainability. Together with her husband, Tom, she is also co-founder of Mustard Seed Associates. She describes herself as a contemplative activist, passionate gardener, author, and liturgist. She loves messing with church traditions and inspiring followers of Jesus to develop creative approaches to spirituality that intertwine the sacred through all of life. Christine is inspired by Celtic Christian spirituality, which has opened her eyes to the God who is present in every moment, every experience, and every place. Her book, The Gift of Wonder, Creative Practices for Delighting in God, is a great tool for learning to connect with what God is doing in the everyday moments of your day. In a former life, Christine trained as a physician in Australia, practiced in New Zealand, and developed and directed the healthcare ministry for Mercy Ships. She no longer practices medicine, but delights in guiding people towards the health and wholeness of God's new world. The Westminster Catechism says the primary purpose of humanity is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. A lot's been said about glorifying God, and it's often why we emphasize behaving in certain ways as Christians. We want to glorify God by our behavior, so that we don't dishonor His reputation. But not as much has been said about enjoying God and delighting in Him. John Piper modifies the Westminster Catechism slightly and says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. And there's a lot of truth in this. There's a strong connection between God's glory and the sheer delight of enjoying who he is and what he's done. In this chapter, Christine gives us her take on what it means to delight in God. It may feel a little awkward at first, but delighting in God can become a way of life. And it's a way of life that can lead to growth through those everyday moments when we take time to delight in just being with God no matter what we're doing. All right, Christine, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you. Really excited to talk to you today. Uh, I have loved your book, The Gift of Wonder, Creative Practices for Delighting in God. Um, Something that God has been doing in Josh and I in our lives uh, has been this idea of learning to delight in God. Um, I like what John Piper has to say about what he calls Christian hedonism and this idea that we should be enjoying God as our sort of greatest pursuit. But I've got to be honest with you, that's a real struggle for me. It's something that has been a—I don't quite understand how I could delight in God's presence. And then I read your book, and (laughs) it opened up entirely new windows and has given me new vision to really be able to see just exactly what this looks like in day-to-day rhythms and and day-to-day activities. So I'm really excited to get to talk to you about this book, because I think this is going to help our audience— just as much as it's helped. Yeah, it's really about, I, I know, so, it's like we struggle so much to, we look at the Christian life and we think uh, it's, a, it's a duty. We have to continually trudge through one day at a time, continuing to do one thing after another so that we can eventually make it to heaven. And uh, there's got to be something more than that. So, uh, Christine, if you would, tell us, what does it mean to delight in God? 
That's kind of a big question, but <laughs> it, it is. I mean, and in a way, you could say that it takes me the whole book to unpack it to a certain extent. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, one of the things that I uh, struggled with, have struggled with over the years, I should say, is this whole concept too of delighting in God. And you know, I grew up with a very authoritarian view of God, which I think many of us did, and a God that you know is very strict. And if we don't kind of do all the right things, if we mess up. If we just move an inch off the right path, then we uh, really uh, get God's disfavor and everything goes downhill from there. But I think part of what I've realized over the last few years is that God both delights in us and wants us to to delight in God as well. And for me, that means uh, really enjoying being in God's presence it means enjoying being together with the people that God has placed placed in this world around us and being together as well with God's creation. And so all of those things together, uh, I suppose you could say in a nutshell, is what it means uh, to delight in God for me, just really enjoying uh, the whole sense of God's presence um, in in so many dimensions of this world in which we live. How did you first... Um, come to the realization that you needed to delight in God's presence? Oh, you could say that's a long story. That's kind of the story of my life to a certain extent. Um, I think uh, I grew up with a fairly strict, um, well, I didn't grow up in a, fa- in a Christian family, but I became a Christian uh, as a teenager and then over the years moved towards a more Um, a broader kind of approach to faith. I think that to a certain extent, it seems a little strange, but you could say that the place that I started to open myself to the fact that God delights in me and I am made to delight in God was when I worked in the refugee camps in the mid-1980s. And I think uh, being in a situation where everything around you, you know, was so depressing and so struggling and and everything was... just so horrific. That's the only word that you can say. You start to look for, um, is is there more hope in the world? You know, is there a real purpose that we have in this world that is beyond this kind of uh, horrific experience? And that was when I started to, I think, connect to some of the sense that God really does delight in me. Um, And God Uh, I I started to get an inkling, I suppose you could say, of the fact that God delighted in the things that I was doing, Uh, that the fact that I was not focused in on myself, but I was focused on the world um, around me, and I was taking a certain sense of responsibility uh, to interact with that world was something that I became aware that God delighted in. Um, And then I think you could say over the last 15 to 20 years, it's been a growth in that direction uh, as I've explored different ways of um, connecting to God uh, and connecting to God's people as well. You shared something that's very fascinating, and, and we I, we will unpack it uh, as we move along. Uh, as, yeah. as we move on, but like this idea that I mean, you were working in a refugee camp, and that's where I really want to jump in and and explore because you've lived a very uh, interesting life. I, I've not talked to too many people who've had the experiences that you've had that I want (laughs) to share with our audience so that they get a full picture of where you're coming from here. But because, but let me throw this question out because it seems so interesting 
that you could discover that you needed God's delight, you needed to learn to enjoy God in the midst of such incredible suffering. I just want to let that hang there, because I I think that that's pretty incredible. So how did you end up working in these refugee camps? Places, because you're a medical doctor, and you've traveled all over the world working with some of the poorest and, and most impoverished people. Well, yeah, I trained in Australia, did my medical training in Australia, and then I was in family practice in New Zealand for a couple of years. And then I joined an organization called Mercy Ships, which at that point in time was just in its infancy. Uh, in fact, they didn't even have a mercy ship really at the point that I joined. In fact, I had responsibility for developing a hospital on board the first mercy ship and developing a program to do cleft lip and palate and eye surgery and medical and dental work uh, back in the 80s. Um, And at the same time, had the opportunity to work in other poor communities like the refugee camps, which absolutely turned my life upside down. Um, You know, I don't think... um, I I don't think anything can prepare you for that kind of a situation. Uh, And particularly, you know, being there, looking at um, really, uh, does God care? Uh, Does God care for the people in this situation? And if so, I think the question that really transformed my life is what is my responsibility? What what does God expect of me? Uh, And it was that that made me feel that I would probably be Uh, working in missions for the rest of my life. Um, And in some ways you could say that that's true, but, um, you know, I was on the mercy ship for 12 years. uh, And as you said, I did have the chance to work all over the world uh, and with people from all over the world. Uh, And then I married an American and he wanted me to live in the United States. (laughs) Strange that. (laughs) And, um, But coming to live in the United States, I think I came with some questions that, uh, and that was 26 years ago. And so I came with questions that you could say in many ways that I've been processing ever since. Uh, Partly, you you know, what, um, what does a spiritual practice look like? You know, what are the things that really need to undergird our lives so that we can be fully engaged in the world that God has placed us in. Because part of what I realized is that a lot of the discipleship that I'd learned way back when didn't really prepare me for the situations that I'd faced in the refugee camps, but in some ways it didn't really prepare me for life in the United States either, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And, And basically what I mean by that is that it's so easy, I think, in a place like this to kind of shut out Uh, the world of suffering around us and to shut out the world of need around us uh, and to not really take responsibility. Um, And so I started, um, you know, when I worked in the refugee camps, I had been introduced to um, Henry Nouwen, um, who is a contemplative, was contemplative monk. uh, And his work was kind of what started me looking at a broad range of other kinds of uh, spiritual practices. You know, I, I started looking at, um, you know, the prayer four or five times a day as the monks did. I started looking at uh, the practice of Lectio Divina, which is a more contemplative approach to um, to studying the scriptures. 
where you don't kind of do a traditional Bible study, but you really look at a, a scripture and allow God to speak to you through a phrase or a verse or or something like that, um, and, and amazed to see the ways that God really did speak. But then that, in a way, you could say formed a foundation out of which I kept feeling as though I wanted more and more and more, uh, particularly uh, because I wanted practices that um, connected me to God's presence um, throughout the day. Uh, and throughout every aspect of life. And, and, and I realized that that was part of what was lacking um, in so much of what I'd been taught. It was that, you know, I'd been taught basically that um, discipleship was about reading the Bible, um, you know, for a certain length of time, usually in the morning, and praying. And then you kind of basically went about life as usual. <laughs> and it, it just wasn't enough for me. I just needed practices that helped me uh, to connect to God um, wherever I was and whatever I was doing. And so that's kind of been the, the journey of my life. And the gift of wonder was really the culmination, at, at least so far, of that process, because I suspect I'm going to continue to learn uh, and to, con to continue to grow in some of these things as well. How do you think delighting in God and, and adding this dimension to our spiritual lives and our spiritual practices uh, help us become more like Him? Why is why is it necessary to add that dimension? Maybe is a better way of asking that. Well, I think part of it is because so many of us do have this authoritarian view of God, uh, either consciously or unconsciously. <clears throat> we have a tendency to think uh, that that God is a pretty strict Father. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, part of what we need is this recognition that God isn't like that at all, but that, that God really does delight in us uh, and delights in who we are, um, not in a kind of a, um, I suppose you could say, generalized form, but God delights in us, each of us specifically for who we are, you know, for the way we're made uh, physically, uh, spiritually, emotionally. I think God really does um, appreciate every single aspect of who we are. Um, and so it was connecting to that kind of delight that was really important for me. It's really hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that God likes me. And not in a general sense, but that God actually loves me because of who I am. It's actually hard for me to say that and believe it. And maybe you feel this way too. And that's why it's so important for us to learn to delight in God's presence. When we accept that God wants us to delight in Him because He delights in us, we find a freedom and a joy that comes from the incomprehensibility of the love of God. I may not understand why the Creator of the universe would love me, especially because I sin and fall short of His standards all the time. But I don't have to understand it. When I let myself delight in him, I am overwhelmed with a love that makes no sense. Delight in God today and see how much God loves you. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. 
and we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Christine and her work, check out godspacelight.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where Christine shares the value of developing a sense of awe and wonder, just like a child. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.